0: Good morning. Might be a short, but uh, very important. Rules of Christian Households. It's taken from Colossians uh, 3 and verses 18 to 21. Colossians 3, 18 to tw- uh, 18 to 21. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Stephen. Good morning. So uh, we've been looking at a series on life in Hong Kong recently, and today we're going to be looking at family. What is God's design for families, and what does a godly family look like? So we, next week we'll be looking at the church family, and today we'll be looking at relationships within the immediate family So you may have noticed from the slides that there's a hand there, and you might be wondering what that's for. It's just a subtle hint to remind us that if we need a hand in family, then we can go to God with that, okay? So you might, you might pick up on that as we go on. Um, but God is a family of three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So he's designed us for a family life within our homes and churches. And today we'll be looking at different aspects of family life together with these three points, marriage children and parents if you aren't married this morning then don't worry Um, and if you don't have children don't think this message isn't for you today there's a lot still that we can uh, learn together because we're all part of a family in some way and it also helps some of you who are preparing for the future to think about what to look for when thinking about who um, to share life with in the future and who to start a family with. So hopefully we can all learn today um, from this. Uh, So we'll be looking this morning at Colossians. It's a short passage, but I'll also be looking at the parallel passage in Ephesians, uh, the end of Ephesians 5 and start of chapter 6 as well. So it might help if you've got your finger in your Bible to have, have that open with you. Colossians is on page 834 if you'd like to keep that open as well. So our first point is on marriage this morning, and I must confess, I'm not an expert um, on the subject. I'll have been married four years this coming Thursday, um, which is a lot less than most of you guys, Uh, but hopefully together we can look at God's plan for a great marriage. Firstly, if you're not married today, then the next two verses are still very important when it comes to looking for a spouse. If you look at verse 18 and 19 of Colossians 3. And also the parallel passage in Ephesians 5, verse 21 to 24. It says this, uh, verse 21. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His body and is himself its saviour. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit should submit in everything to their husbands. Firstly, guys, when you're looking for a future wife, look at what characteristics come up here that you need to look out for. You want someone who's going to respect Christ and then respect you under Christ. So look at this, verse 21, submit under reverence for Christ, which means they're living for christ they're putting him and his will first in their life and because of that they will then respect you and submit to your will it's very important though guys this morning to understand this word submit before you expect your wife to do it i watched a film not so long ago which was a christian comedy called marriage retreat and uh when this verse was read out in the church in the film, the main guys in the film are all nodding their heads and saying, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and it was funny to watch because, as a viewer, you realize they've completely missed the point and, and they're looking at this verse out of context, okay? It's because she respects Christ and then you that she will allow you to make the final decision on something. But if you make a stupid decision, then she's going to find it a lot harder to trust you and respect you and listen to you. And also, by, cro- by quoting this verse the wrong way at her, it's not going to help any of you at all. And actually, by doing that, you're disrespecting Christ and going against the very reason that your wife was going to submit to you. Can you remember the other week when Heru was talking about the di- disciples wanting to be the greatest and Jesus says, no, that's, that's not how it is. You don't act like the Gentile rulers lording it over one another. Um, let me read that to you. It's from Matthew chapter 20, verse 42. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. If you want to make your wife or future wife respect you, you need to serve her. Which brings us on to finding a husband. Look around, ladies. Does the husband or future husband um, that you're looking at reflect Christ? Remember what Jesus says. You want someone who's going to serve you in love, just as Jesus did. Ephesians 5 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Does your husband or future husband serve at church? And how does he do that if he does? Does he do that lovingly or begrudgingly? Because that's how he's going to serve you and your family. Watch him with other people in the congregation. Is he harsh on them? Then he'll probably be harsh with you. Look at verse nineteen here. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. More importantly than that is what your um, more importantly than what your future husband or wife wants to be as you as you look for one, um, and more important than how much they earn or what they wear or how good looking they are is, do they put God first in their lives? Do they serve and love others around them? by pointing them to Jesus because that's what you want in marriage is someone who will point you back to God on your journey through life 5 years 10 years 30 years down the line you want someone who's going to love and respect God first and if they are doing that they will love and respect you these two verses here verse 18 and 19 of colossians 3 are all about love and respect And Ephesians 5.33 as well says, However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So to sum up then what the roles of husband and wife look like in a godly family, wives respect and submit to your husband's leadership under Christ. Now, obviously there are things that are not right to submit to in marriage, so if your husband is asking for money from you to go gambling or to spend on excessive alcohol, that's not right. Um, it's as is fitting in the Lord, is, the, is written here in Colossians, which means what fits in with what Christ would do. So it's not submitting for the wrong reasons. That's important to point out here. Keturah um, and I discuss things like job and family and Joshua, and I listen to her, and I really value her input because she talks sense, and she wants the best for our family as well. Two heads are also better than one, and we usually come to an agreement. Her ideas aren't always good, but my ideas aren't always good. But she respects me enough to say what her ideas are, and I love her enough to listen to her. Um, When it comes to moving to Hong Kong, we talked and prayed, and we both went through different thought processes about coming here. But Kachura knew at the end of the day that she wanted to submit to my decision. She, she said that I had the final decision as the head of our family, whether we made uh, this trip or not, That the big decisions, you know. So husbands, you're commanded to love your wife. Don't be harsh with them. Uh, I've been really thankful for our fellowship um, at Men's Breakfast. I don't know if you've never been here, if you're a man and you've never been to Men's Breakfast before today it 's really worth checking out. Um, get in touch with Peter Chi, his emails on the back of the, the sheet here. Um, we meet up fortnightly to discuss issues together on a Saturday morning. We have a great breakfast, and at the minute we 're looking at disciples uh, sorry disciplines of a godly man. Um, so come along it 's great to actually be accountable um, to others and actually to learn um, wisdom from more mature christians it 's something that i 've found really helpful. Um, not only in, as, as we look at marriage and the, the subjects today, but other subjects as well. Um, so, this is how God wants us to live as families. Husbands and wives must be the husbands and wives that God wants them to be under Christ. Okay? Now, submitting and loving can be very difficult, as we are all sinners and we live in a fallen world. But we have to trust God and, by his grace, ask him to help us to change. Okay? Right. Um, Let's look at children. We are all children to some degree. So, if you were having a little snooze during the last point, then you can wake up now. Um, Verse 20 of Colossians 3 says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now again, the way this works is if you put Jesus first in your life. If you look at the verse, it doesn't say obey your parents because they're always right. (laughs) It doesn't say obey your parents because they never make mistakes. It says obey your parents because it pleases the Lord. If you put God first, then you'll want to please him. It also helps you guys who are thinking about um, the future, or getting married, it helps you uh, helps to prepare you. Does the girl that you're thinking of marrying obey her parents? And if not, what makes you think she'll listen to you? They've had 18 years or so to try and teach you, and you think you can change her yourself? Um, look at how people are with their families. Look at um, the fruit that comes from that, because it's it's through the fruit that you'll know them. Uh, How do they live their life? And that's what and where you'll see what the people are really like. By learning to obey our parents, we learn to obey God. For uh, parents with children, partnering in a way that means your children obey you is preparing them for God's authority to be a part of their life. So teaching them to obey their Heavenly Father. We need to train them in obedience and not let them grow up thinking that they can get away with compromises because that will affect how they approach God and his word as as, um, they grow older. It also means that we need to teach them um, discipline and nurture them out of love, showing them God's grace. Pastor Paul Tripp says that obeying parents equals willing submission to authority without delay without excuse and without challenge. Now, it sounds amazing, but isn't this what we want our children to respond to, to their heavenly father with? Um, Whatever stage of life that we're in today, we need to obey and honor our parents, it tells us in Ephesians 6 verse 2. And obviously, for all of us, that looks very different depending on what stage of life we are in. Uh, As a child, we need to obey our parents, we need to uh, they know what 's best for us, and they want to look after us. then, as we grow into our later teens, you have more responsibility, more freedom uh, but again, you need to honor and obey your parents. Remember when it 's tough to do that it 's about pleasing the Lord, even though our parents don 't always get it right after eighteen we 're uh, independent and we know. well, should know right from wrong, but still we need to honour and obey our parents, especially when living under their roof. Uh, It also means, so this means things like going to a family dinner that your parents tell you to go to, even when you'd rather hang out with your friends. Um, It means wearing a shirt to church if your mum or dad tells you to. Um, Honouring your parents means not talking about them behind their back or acting in a way that's disrespectful. Uh, disrespectful to them when you're out with your friends okay and then when or if you get married you should be mature enough to make the important decisions in life without your parents constantly watching over you Uh, genesis chapter 2 verse 24 says this that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife they become one flesh Now, remember, your family dynamics change because of Genesis 2. God is first in your marriage and then your wife and then your children um, if they come along. So you need to take this into account when your family asks you to do something. For example, wives, if your husband asks you to do something and then your, your mother asks you to do something as well, you should obey your husband first because he's the head of your family, not your mother. Obviously, this will depend on the importance or the nature of the situation and the matter at hand. If it's something serious, of course, you're going you're to um, go and help out. So um, I'm not talking about trivial matters. I'm talking about um, in, in everything, you know, use common sense. Of course, you'll honor your parents, but Genesis talks about becoming one flesh with, a, with your husband. It talks about leaving your father and mother and starting this new family unit. So listen to your parents' advice and wisdom But discern when it's right to obey them. Um, It's not for them to decide where your children go to school or how you discipline them. That's for you and your spouse. And remember um, that you are modeling, uh, honoring and obeying uh, to your own children as well. So how you obey your parents, your your children will learn from that, okay? So when it's hard to obey your parents... Or frustrating, or even when it's easy, remember that children model Christ submitting to his father when they submit to their own parents. And Jesus obeyed God, his father, and submitted to his will in dying on the cross for us. Um, And as we obey and honor our parents, we point others to Jesus. We point others to our Lord and Savior. So, parenting them. The verse is... um, Colossians chapter 3 verses 21. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Uh, Those of you who are not married might be thinking, when I have kids or if I have kids, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to discourage my kids. I'm not going to embitter them. But actually, having become a father recently, it's hard because a lot of parenting seems to be repetition, right? Um, so there's a danger that we end up sounding like a broken record. Do you know what a broken record is? It's, uh, it's when the same part of a vinyl record gets stuck on a loop and it keeps playing itself over and over. I have an eight-month-old boy and that's what I feel like. I feel like a stuck record. I'm constantly saying, don't touch that. Don't touch that. Don't touch that. <laughs> and he ends up touching it anyway. It's like... Oh typical. Um, But there's a danger that we embitter um, embitter our children, isn't there? Um, I looked up the definition of embitter to give us a broader view. And it says, don't frustrate your children. Don't make them resentful. And don't alienate them. If we keep repeating ourselves, there's a danger that we can do that. Um, But of course, it depends on Uh, well it depends a lot on their age so as they understand more we should know more about them we should know them better and we we start to think how best to teach them in love because all children are different aren't they Um, so another thing is that we also exasperate our children if we try and parent them with selfish motives so if you want them to be a world class cellist but actually all they want to do is play piano or play rugby, you know, we have to think uh, what are the motives that we're doing for trying to um, encourage them or make them go a certain way? You know, is it something that we want for them or is it something that we're letting them at a certain point um, make those decisions for themselves? Okay. So looking back uh, at the first two verses, 18 and 19 of Colossians, it's important to remember that even if you nail these first two verses as a couple, you still might not have perfect children. So, even if you get everything right, um, you won't always end up with a squeaky clean finished product. And that's because it's God who changes them, who changes their heart, and not us. We can help them by um, we can help them by living the gospel, and it's also to remember that. Living the gospel is something that comes from you as parents primarily. You are responsible in God's eyes for your children as parents, not the helper and not the teacher at school. Um, I'm a youth worker here, and I only see your children if they come two or three hours a week. How many hours do you see them? I hope it's more than two or three. <laughs> if not, maybe you're working too hard. Um, but your, your children and young people, they need to see the gospel lived each day by you. Okay, so they wanna, they, you want them to be thinking things like, wow, my parents are really different than my friend's mum and dad. I can see how much my dad loves her. And look how she respects him when she talks back. Um, what is more important to you when you see uh, your children when, when, they, when you get in from work? Does it go something like this? How did that test go today? Did you get 100%? What? (laughs) Or or is it more like, hey, son, did you see um, on the MTR, the sun was setting on the way home from school today? Isn't God's creation amazing? He made everything, and yet he still wants to know us personally. Wow. So how was school today? Yeah, you had a test, didn't you? Did you do your best? Well done. How does it work? I, okay, I know it's, it's not always going to be that simple, is it? There's lots more to it than that. But remember, what you invest in them matters for eternity. You need to be pointing them to Jesus and modeling him to them. Okay? Um, so we need to teach uh, our children God's word. We need to express our love for the Lord in everyday actions. And declare his word in our everyday talk. Is it a natural, normal part of of life for us? This is what Deuteronomy 6 says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. And when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as a symbol on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Teaching God's word should be central to what goes on in our homes. We are modeling Christ to our children. Jesus needs to be at the center of our hearts and at the center of our homes. So in conclusion today... We see this morning that God has designed, fam- uh, designed our families in a way that every family member models Christ as they live within their family unit under Christ, okay? So wives submit as Christ did. Husbands model Christ as the head of the family. Children model Christ as they submit to their father, as Christ submitted to his father, and parents reflect God's love and leadership to their children. So what does your family look like this morning? Who are you pointing to? Who are you reflecting as a family this morning as you live for him in Hong Kong? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are a sovereign God who, who knows us, personally and individually. You know, Lord, each of the things that we struggle with at home, each of the things that we struggle with in our families, and also the joys, Lord, that we share um, with our families. Lord, we ask that you would grant us today the ability to understand more of who you are and how to model Christ to our families, how to share you with others around us, how to share those with those who are closest uh, to us. Lord, I ask that you would bless us today as we go out to live for you in Hong Kong. Um, Give us wisdom, Lord, to deal with the day-to-day issues that we face and help us uh, to focus more on you as the week goes on. And we ask this in your saving and wonderful name. Amen. Amen.